On this episode, you'll hear about wellness, fitness, Frenchism, and lifestyle, a Trey fucking chic gangster podcast. Hosted by fitness and wellness French hedonism guru and creator of The Method, The Body, yours truly, Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monte Carlo, Monaco. On this show, you'll find a mix of audio entertainment, including listener and audience questions answered about health, wellness, lifestyle, family, and relationships, and my French holistic tips to be healthy, have your best body, and transform both your body and your mindset into the happiest ever, as well as living la belle vie lifestyle like a chic French gangster. I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny. I'm the CEO and founder of The Method. She's also my wife and she's the smartest woman I've ever met. First of all, she's my mom and she's really cool. She's all that and she's a superhero. Never mind CEO, she's gangster. This is the Pardon My French podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Pardon My French. Today is a very, very special podcast episode because I welcome again my best friend, my muse, the skinny confidential Lauren Everts Bustick. Now, if you know anything about me, you know that Lauren and I are very close. We always tag each other on Instagram. You've seen us in the south of France together. Um, I was... Um, I was along the way with her as she was in labor and giving birth um, to my beautiful baby niece, Zaza. We have become so close. Our, fr our friendship has been such a revelation for me. It's changed my life. Um, it's changed my perspective on so many things. Lauren has been very much, even though she's younger than me and I am so protective of her and she says that she relies so much on my advice, she's also been a mentor for me. Um, she's younger than me, but she's so wise beyond her years and I have learned and I continue to learn so much from her. Her vision and her outlook on life is different from anybody else that I have ever met, except maybe for Gilles. There is this goodness about Lauren, this transparency, this safety net that I find in her. She makes me feel so safe. I know that my friendship with Lauren does not put me at risk at all. And I know that sounds crazy, but I've been hurt in friendship before. Lauren is not that kind of person that um, makes you feel threatened, even though she is so beautiful, she's successful, she is, you know, well-known, um, she is so relatable, and she is just an incredible human, and she's one of my humans, and I love her, she has a very special place in my heart next to my kids, um, And so I am happy to bring her on the podcast. This was just us having our Simply Inulin lattes, sitting down and eating a piece of humble pie. Humble pie, you will understand why. Now, without further ado, here is my beautiful friend, my muse, 
You all already know her. She really didn't need any introduction. Lauren Everts Bostick, The Skinny Confidential. Hi, Lauren. Hi. It's so good to hear you. I've missed you. I've missed you. I live for our Skypes. I honestly, they're keeping me sane right now in quarantine, but I'm not going to lie. I wish it was in person. I wish it was in person too. I, I know there are harsher things happening in the world, but I'm, I keep on sending messages to Michael. Like, are you guys coming? And he's like, I don't know. We need to wait for the administration to open. We need to wait. I am praying that you can make it to the South of France. Well, we had this whole trip planned like last year where we like we're gonna come over to your house and enjoy all your beautiful food that I watch on Instagram all the time sit out on your beautiful patio and (laughs) go to restaurants and lounge and do our yearly checkup and that's all going to shit so we'll see what happens but you and I just talked and if we can't make it happen this year because of the passport situation then We'll be there next year, and we're also we, we got to do a couple trips next year. We're doing a couple of trips, and something I haven't told you when we spoke, I have to come to the United States because my book is launching, and it's launching in English first. So my book launch is going to be in New York. I'll be there when you didn't. We tell don't me know that. yet. It was to believe it or not, the book was supposed to do a pre-launch on in April, and then with the whole. COVID-19 thing, it was postponed. And as we postponed it, I came up with the idea that I wanted to add a visual because I realized that a lot of my followers, a lot of people in my tribe loved when I gave a visual description of what happened to me in prison, where I used to live in New York. And so I decided to add pictures. And you actually inspired that because you made me read a book like last year by Janice Dickinson. And you said, Ingrid, Janice writes exactly like you. You remind me of her. Do you remember that? Of course. And you made me read her book. And I think it was No Lifeguard on Duty. And So good. And you told me, you said, you're going to read this book and you're going to recognize a lot of yourself in the way that this woman speaks about her life. And you were so right. And I never told you that. And she actually posted pictures and that made the whole visual of her life so much more vivid. And so I, I'm self-publishing. I decided to bypass the publisher because I had an incredibly beautiful book deal, but they were trying to change my narrative. And I didn't like that because the life that I've lived, as you know, um, had to be told the way that I wanted told. So I went back on my edits with um, with the person that's helping me edit the book. And I said, I want to add pictures. And so that's what I did during quarantine. Okay, can I get a, a, a copy of your book before everyone so I get to read it first? Oh, you're going to get the manuscript. I'm actually almost ready to send it to you. So you're going you're gonna to get it before anyone else. Okay. Should we give context on how we first met? Because I think there's a myth that we just kind of met on Instagram and that's kind of how it happened, but not really how it happened. It is. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we, you know, we have another podcast. We have another podcast together. We have one on your, um, on your podcast and we have one on my podcast. 
Yeah, we need to get the episode numbers if we can put it in the show notes. For yeah, them so I'm going to put them in the show notes. And um, okay. when I introduce you, when I introduce you, I will also uh, give the uh, the podcast episode. I know that my episode on on your podcast, on the TSC podcast, the is podcast 139. Is How can I forget can that? Okay. But the one that you want, I don't remember. I have to go back. Okay. Um, you tell the story because I think you met me before I met you. Yeah. So, so literally seven years ago, I was three years into blogging. I was on this deep dive on Instagram. You know, when you get into like those, when you're on like your cousin's uncle's dad's sister's friend's mom (laughs) and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? That's so Um, true though. I was on Nina's romp clothing because Nina had sent me a shirt and uh at romp clothing love her and for some reason there was a picture of you or something on her instagram and i clicked it and i don't think you had the same username i think it was a different one no it was it was my maiden name at the time i couldn't believe that there was this this beautiful skinny um and I, i don't even know if the word skinny just in shape woman spilling her real secrets now this is like seven years ago so seven years ago people were very guarded about what they were doing and my whole brand has been built off of women sharing their actual tips and tricks not like the ones that are like oh you know I drink tea to stay skinny but like actual tangible tips (laughs) and I remember that seven years ago you were you were making like gg um French toast on Instagram and showing us what you were eating, but there was no Instagram story. No stories didn't exist back then. Nope. It was just, and I, I almost want you at one point to scroll all the way back to your Instagram oh from the very beginning, because I remember taking so many screenshots and ordering all this. I told you this, all this like random rice from France, French food. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I it's know. Like a, all this stuff that it was I like a lentil share. rice. Yeah. And you were sharing, you were sharing all your secrets on how you look the way you look. And it was so unique and different at that time. It was so avant-garde and ahead of where we like were going. And it was so opposite of what everyone else was doing, which was just sharing a curated picture and like of what they were wearing in the street. You were telling us where you got things, like you were giving us recipes, long captions. And so I was like, wow, this is really different. Um, and, and you didn't have a big following. No, I didn't. I had a huge following on Twitter because of my fashion days and the whole fashion industry at the time was on Twitter. So I had a huge following on Twitter, but at the time you started following me, I had left the fashion world. So I wasn't really into, you know, those interactions anymore. And I was also, I had fallen out of Twitter um, and just started to do Instagram to kind of show my new life in Monaco because it was really new. And I was experimenting with like the filters because remember at the time it was like a way of getting filters on your pictures. Yeah, you had to use, remember like Nashville? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing. Um, but it's so interesting to me now because I was thinking about this last night. I look, um, you know, at our friendship and how it's evolved. And now as an influencer, seven years later, you have to show what you're doing to 
be you or people people aren't going to put up with it anymore you have to give us the the secrets and what you're wearing and and I'm, I don't mean you, I mean in general. Yeah, 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 you're right. So you were you were such a pioneer in that aspect and such a trailblazer to to cause influencers to level up to actually share their secrets. Like, we want to know what dress you're wearing. We want to know what nail polish it is and, and what mascara and give us the specific details. And I think that you were really one of the first people that did that. And so I was immediately attracted to that. Followed you, but I didn't follow you which is funny. I just followed you. Like I would look (laughs) kind of creep. And this is like when everyone kept their following down too. remember that. Yeah. Like you would only follow like 60 people. You would. Yeah. That's the time where you felt too important to follow too many people. Yeah. Now I follow like a billion people and I, I think it's interesting, but it was different times. So, so we ended up going to France and um, I was sitting at hotel Eden rock with Michael and I looked over and it was you (laughs) and it was surreal because I'd been following you from America and like to just randomly be at a restaurant in Monaco and see you and immediately my first thought was oh my god what I have to see what she's eating eating. (laughs) I love when you tell that story I think you've told that story so many times and I love hearing the story because I didn't even know you existed yet and no I you know, no, I, I didn't know. I remember briefly seeing you. And the reason for that is that you were exactly the same hair color that I used to be. So you caught my eye and that I remember. And so I remember looking at your hair color and saying, oh, she's definitely American. That's exactly the hair color I used to have. And she's so pretty. And then I that forgot so about funny. you. That's so funny. I saw what you were eating and I remember seeing that you were eating, um, I, I want to say the fish and vegetables, but you also were eating pasta. Yeah. So again, yeah. I was like, okay, this is someone that I can really follow. I, I don't want to not have pasta the rest of my life. That's not the way I want to live. So I continued following you and then I don't remember and we'll have to scroll back one day, but for some reason I decided to reach out to you on Instagram. You did. You did. And I forgot what I said, but I think it was something along the lines like, I love your page. You or said something like, I've been following you for a really long time. And I don't mean to be to sound like a creep, but I love what you do. And then I answered right away. And when you when I answered, you're like, and I saw you yesterday or two days ago, and I was devastated. Like, the conversation kind of evolved really quickly and I was devastated that we didn't get to say hello. I was like upset that you didn't like actually approach me because our friendship could have started so much sooner. Well, I think what surprised me so much about you and what continues to surprise me about you as you know, we've been friends for like four years now is that you're, you're gorgeous and you're skinny and you have the whole package and like, you know, that's great. But what, and I, I sent you this on Mother's Day. It's like there's a warmth about you that that is you're also kind and nice. And I think that like you know we're we're in this era right now where it's great. You're beautiful. What else? Like you you have to have other attributes. It's that great. it's so important. And I think that that's for me. What even if I didn't know you as a friend I would still be following you today because 
that layer of you is so interesting and you're so multifaceted that it's not just about, you know, the way you look. It's so much more than that. So I'll tell you something. First of all, you sent me something and I, when, when you'll allow it, maybe I'll share a little, like a little piece of it because the way you describe, yeah, you want. I don't know what you were reading, but it was something about being beautiful and how it's warmth on the inside and not just the outside of someone. I cried when you sent it to me because usually you send me things while I'm sleeping. So I wake up to them and I read it and it was Mother's Day and you didn't know it was Mother's Day in France. Because you sent me flowers when it was Mother's Day in the States. But Mother's Day in France was like a month later, was like last week. And you sent me this not even knowing it was Mother's Day. And I like started whipping and Jill was like, what's wrong with you? And I said, look what Lauren sent me. And she doesn't know it's Mother's Day. So I'll share it. Um, Yeah. But one thing I think that I... I'll tell you what it is. And the warmth, you always talk to me about the warmth. And I kind of always like, but who is not going to be warm to you? Because you are the epitome of warmth and kindness and you're approachable and you're sweet. Like, I always tell people that are not really Instagram savvy, but they've seen pictures of it. They go, oh, how about your friend in LA? What's she like? And I'm like, there isn't a mean bone in her body. Like that's one thing about you that is so important to me because women can be so mean. And especially when they become well-known or they get married and they become successful, you are just goodness. That's, that's pretty much the way that I describe you and that my kids describe you. That is pure goodness. That is very, very nice. Uh, very, very, I no, mean, that makes, truth. that makes, that makes me um, feel warm inside. So it's the truth. Thank you. you know me, I'm not nice. I see the truth. It's not the same. You do say the truth. That is one. <laughs> but I think that, that I the thing you. that works for me and that enabled me to, you know, be blessed with a friendship like ours through Instagram and with some other friendships, I've made some amazing and close friends on Instagram since I've been on there. It's something that my father taught me when I was very young. My dad, when I was born, was already well off. He had worked really, really hard in his life. And he, you know, I was born in in a comfortable lifestyle. And one thing that he raised us, raised me particularly, because I'm the youngest one. And I feel like my parents, my upbringing was very different from that of my older brother and sister, uh, my older brothers and sister. Um, He always said, you know, after all, we are nobodies. I am just a butcher's son because my dad, you know, his his father became paraplegic when my dad was about 13 years old and he volunteered out of seven children. He wasn't the eldest, but he wasn't the youngest. There was three girls, three boys. He volunteered to quit school and take over his father's job. So the day that his dad became paraplegic, my dad left school at the age of 13 and never had the opportunity to get a real education after that. And he showed up at his father's job and said, hello, I'm your new employee. And they wouldn't hire him because being a butcher, you know, you you manipulate knives and it's, it's quite dangerous. Um, but he ended up working there. And for a long time, he was just the kid that was cleaning, you know, the blood that kind of drips off from all the, you know, cutting all the meat and stuff. And 
even though when I met my father, he was already 40 years old. My parents, I was, I'm their last one. So they had me late. Um, he never ceased to remind us that we might be comfortable now, but we are nobodies. At the end of the day, I'm just, you know, the butcher's son. And it really stuck with me. And so when people talk to me on Instagram and I answer them and they're like, oh my God, you answered me. I'm like, I'm nobody. Like, relax. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm just as amazed that you're writing to me and you're writing such kind things as you may be amazed that I'm talking to you. And I, I feel so like this is, and this is something that I'm so thankful to my father for because it's enabled me to be so open to discovering incredible people rather than, you know, putting this like blanket of security around me. You know what I mean? And you do the same. You're very open. It's no, it's so true. What your, what your dad told you. Um, there's this book by Ryan holiday that I always think about and it's called ego is the enemy. And if I had let my ego get the best of me by not reaching out to you because, you know, I was just being egotistical, it, it would have turned out a very different way. So whenever I feel my ego taking over, I just really try to make the decision to go the other way. And, and it's hard and it's a constant practice. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I've read this book and I think I've told you about it in a different book. And it talks about compelling people and, you know, the two things that compelling people have are strength and warmth. I love that. Um, and so I think that's an, another reason that, um, you know, I think that you've grown, you know, your community and, and, and why you have such a blessed, beautiful life is that you do have those two traits. And, you know, sometimes you'll find people with warmth, but they'll have sort of a weak approach or you'll find someone with a weak approach and they have no warmth and complete coolness and to have both is really rare I learned Um, a lot of it from you too social media my social media skills have been so enhanced by listening to your advice you've taught me a lot and where I was fearful you actually opened me up a lot you've really really taught me a lot more than you even know and there's never a time that you gave me advice and I didn't listen. And each time I'm like, damn, she was right. No, you're, you're, so what you've done with your product line and just for anyone that's listening, I think that this is a takeaway is that you've launched fasted and adjusted. So yeah. you completely put yeah. yourself out there um, knowing that you were going to get feedback from consumers that was not a hundred percent every time. And you adjusted to their feedback as you went. And now you've built this massive business that, I personally think one day you're going to sell for a, uh, you're, you're going to do very well with what you've built. And uh, I think that that would never be happening if it weren't for the fact that you just threw yourself out there and put your ego aside. Yeah. I think you need to, first of all, thank you. I, the faith that you have in me, it's like, it's incredible. And it's such a booster. I think that, you know, Warren Buffett said something, and I think about you each time I read that quote. He said that if you want to be successful, you need to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, more successful than you, and only people you can learn from. And when I sit, when Gilles and I sit with Michael and with you, we feel exactly that way. And I always tell Gilles, I'm like, I always feel so enriched when I am with you guys. And that's exactly the advice that Warren Buffett 
gave. And I will tell you something, not that I am someone who's elitist because I've sat with, you know, the owner of a mechanic shop and I had so much to learn from that person and how he's an angel investor and all of that. So it's not like, you know, there's no such thing as a stupid job, but it's definitely about how you surround yourself and you and Michael are those people for me. When, you know, when I read that quote, you match to a T. Well, we feel the same way about you guys. Uh, we feel the exact same way about you guys. And I think that that's interesting that you brought that up. And we were saying that we were going to talk about um, how I gained 55 pounds yeah. when I was pregnant. <laughs> and one of my things is what you just said. It's like surround yourself with people that are are smarter than you. And, you know, you're someone I look to for nutrition and fitness. And not only just look to you, I know that you have following and my following also looks to you as an expert and I thought and we, we talked about this earlier it would be fun if we could just like you could share maybe some of the tips that you've shared with me on how to get this weight off because it's been a journey it's still we're still on the journey but it's been a journey I I knew you were going to segue into that that's why I didn't even push into it because I know this is something you really needed and wanted to talk about yeah, um, I do, because I feel like there's so many people, especially in America, because we talked about this earlier, the food is different, there's more chemicals in it. I just think that there's so many people that are listening that would get value on like all the, t all the, t remember you sent me that long text? Yes. All this, like just all the little tricks that you've given me to help lose this baby weight. Okay, so you know that some of it I said you said you have to share that and I'm like it's kind of French and controversial I don't know if I will share it because it's controversial not that I have anything to hide but you know it's difficult for it's almost like what I've done with people that were you know kind of hang up onto the diet beliefs and you know the mess that the, all the mess that I've been debunking and giving birth is such a process of accepting your body, loving your body, and then accepting your body again. And with you, my biggest job as your friend emotionally was to remind you that you gave birth and that you need to give yourself some time. And I understood that it was much more difficult for you because of the pressure of your job and the pressure to be on camera and the pressure to, you know, be composed all the time but I appreciate that I read a lot of your posts like your micro blogs on Instagram where you say to people I'm not happy with my weight I'm not happy with how you know the speed at which I'm losing the weight or how I'm retaining the weight you've been very open about it but somehow because you're a public person people have the perception that you know everything is jolly and easy and it's not they were decisions that you needed to make. They were decisions that people try to force you to make when you're, you know, when you're public. And I remember speaking about that with you first. And I said, how about breastfeeding? And you said, well, it's difficult because in the States, they tell you that you lose weight when you breastfeed. And I was saying the contrary. So where do you decide that you've breastfed your baby and you're going to stop so you can think about leveling your hormones back. That was a challenge. That's a challenge. I don't know if you want to talk about it. Yeah, I think that you're, you, the problem is, is that we're, I think, 
we're, we're told so we're inundated with information. And I talk about this a lot. I don't consume a lot of people's content. Um, I'm very, very strategic and thought out about whose content I consume. And you and I talked about this when I was pregnant, when I was pregnant, I was very, very sensitive to anyone's content. Mm -hmm. That was not, that's true. That was bringing me negative energy. I just cut it out, like cut the fat. And since that, since then I kind of haven't really gone back to that. Um, and, and I think that with the breastfeeding thing and, and with other things with pregnancy, there's so much pressure to do it a certain way. And what I just hope that I can do as a digital creator is, is tell women that there's no right way. You have to do the way that works for you. And the way that works for me was talking to people like you who are in other countries that have different opinions. I didn't want to get the prescription from America that was like, you breastfeed for this long and then, you know, you're going to lose weight. That's, that's not how it worked best for my body. So I think it's, it's, it is about listening to your body, not over consuming content. So you get overwhelmed, picking someone who you really trust, maybe a few people that are experts and really trying to not be inundated with all this information. Um, for me, you know, I don't know what everyone's talking about. The breastfeeding makes you lose weight. I have no fucking idea what everyone's talking about. And I told you that, remember, (laughs) I I have no idea. And maybe that's controversial to say, I don't fucking know what anyone's talking about. I remember saying it to you before you gave birth. And I said to you, people are going to tell you, you lose weight when you give, when, when you breastfeed, this is technically not true. And it's also physiologically not true. And I'll tell you why. As long as you're breastfeeding, and I'm not anti-breastfeeding, that's not what I'm saying. If you're going to choose to breastfeed, you're going to have to come to the acceptance that your balance, your, your hormones are not yet balanced because you can't have a period while you're lactating. So knowing that, this is a pact that you have to make with, you, with yourself. And I said this to you. I said, this is a choice. You're going to decide to give your body to your baby for a little while. And your body is not really yours until you take it back. Do you remember me saying that to you? Of course. And so it's a decision that you make as a mother, the same way that you do during pregnancy. You accept the fact that you're going to get weight so you can have a healthy baby that's growing inside of you. So with breastfeeding, you know, during the breastfeeding time, I have, I had, and I still do, a very soft approach. If you are going to breastfeed and you have, you're going to have to give yourself consistency. Even if Michael doesn't want to eat at a certain time, remember I said that to you, you will eat at that certain time. And you will give yourself consistency with eating, with sleep, and with movement. It's super important, important to be on the clock. And the reason for that is because your cortisol levels are completely affected by your hormones while you're breastfeeding. Um, Think about it. While you're breastfeeding, you cannot have a period. What does it mean not to have a period? It means that you're not functioning hormonally as you should. And so, of course, you know, your insulin is not, is going to, might be resisting. It's totally normal. You're going to be resisting insulin. Um, Of course, you might, you know, feel like you're staying fudgy. Of course, you might feel that your thyroid is inflamed. It's completely normal. Any woman leave aside the fact that you're breastfeeding and so this is why you're not having a period. Any woman that's not having a period is going to report other health issues such as hair loss, nails that break, skin issues, um, 
overeating, being hungry all the time, or simply gaining weight from air, meaning they eat super healthy or they eat very little, and they still find that their midsection is retaining fat. So that's the first thing is you have to be super gentle and accepting of your body the first few months, especially if you're breastfeeding. You can't have the best of both worlds. You cannot get your figure back completely while you're breastfeeding and not having a period. And I remember saying that to you. And I kind of shut down the conversation as far as, you know, maybe changing your diet or exercising or whatever. I was like, as long as you're breastfeeding, your body's not going to respond the way that you were used to. Because when we used to, you know, work out together and when you used to eat the way that I, um, along my philosophy, you were having a period and you were pretty regular. And inulin really helped you with that, for example. So it's kind of like it's completely changed from when you're breastfeeding and not. Am I right? Totally. I think, and, and just going off that even more, you, you mentioned times that I'm eating. I think that that, if you can kind of explain the times that you told me to eat that you recommend, I think people would like love that. Can you, and also just like selfishly, I want you to break it down for me. <laughs> okay. So if I'm not mistaken, we spoke about intermittent fasting, which is something that you were doing prior to having a baby so this is something you were extremely familiar with um and i would i would say to someone who's just had a baby maybe you don't want to experiment with intermittent fasting right away because it's something you should start doing gradually so if you're starting for the first time intermittent fasting i would do it once a week and maybe do 10 hours 11 hours then slowly working your way up to 16 hours and then i remember saying to you don't be an asshole don't go over 16 hours. 16 hours. You know, I was trying to be a little asshole for a while. I know, I because you have because you have that mentality to be extra, extra. So I always have to, as your friend, tell you not to be an asshole, not to be extra. And 16 hours is your maximum. So you should No, be- I'm just trained, I think, in America, like everything you know, is so extravagant and extra. So I'm ex- I'm trained like that. So it helps me when you call me out like that. I know. I think that's what's worked best with you is to kind of the fact that I am American, part of me is American so that I know, I know the culture inside out. So I'm able to kind of call it out when it doesn't work. I think that that's a big help. Um, Yeah, it helped me so much for you to be even like even resetting my mindset about pasta. Like I used to think if you order pasta, it has to be like this big bowl of pasta that you eat. And no, actually, you can order an app, app and we did this in France mm-hmm. a lot. We ordered appetizer pasta and we split it. And that was an appetizer. Right. So it is about rewiring kind of. Um, so I think that the way that I broke it down for you was um, I said to have breakfast, lunch and dinner at the exact same time every day. And if people you live with don't eat, don't, don't want to eat, then you eat alone. And I know it's controversial because I always say that a meal should be something that you partake in socially and you enjoy. But in your position and your predicament where you have a baby that's feeding at certain times and sleeping at certain times, that's very, very important for your cortisol levels. So the first advice I gave you was have breakfast, lunch and dinner at the same exact time every day even if the people you live with you want to eat. Then I said to intermittent fast three times a week, not every day. 
meaning you're going to do one day intermittent fast, two days you have breakfast, another day you intermittent fast, and so on. And then I said you break your fast at 1 p.m. with a protein the size of your hand. So lunch, protein the size of your hand, vegetables the size of your hand. And maybe a starch like pasta is okay. Um, and I said that because the hormone, like the hormone balance is so wiggly when you just gave birth, you have a lot of brain fog. And you were complaining a lot about brain fog. So I said to try and cut gluten. So if you're going to have pasta, try to have gluten-free pasta and have a portion that is a salad plate size. And also just like to even get so granular, I actually went and ordered, and this is a tip for people that are trying to lose weight, the kind of pasta that Ingrid recommended. Jess O'Rourke and her told me about this pasta called fiber pasta, and I actually had it imported from Italy. So if someone's sitting around thinking, oh my God, I can't have pasta because, you know, Americans add all these chemicals, you there's ways to get around it and import yeah. the pasta. Actually, it's fiber pasta now, and we're not sponsored. I don't even know who owns it, but I know that they actually have a distributor in the States. I'll try to find it. I'll ask Jess because she buys it in the States. Uh, and, and I'll put the link on the show notes. Um, I still want mine from Europe, though. I still want it from Europe. You, Is you, that extra? Well, you, no, I don't. Actually, I, I want to ask Jess. You know, Jess will work with my really good friends. She's the one you mentioned also got you into it. Um, I want to ask her to send me a picture of her, um, of the packaging. I have a feeling that it, unlike Cheerios, it's very much the same. You know how the food babe always posts like Cheerios in France and Cheerios in the US and like the US has like all these crazy obscure um, like uh, ingredients and the French Cheerios have like four ingredients. So I kind of want to look at the fiber pasta one and see if it's exactly the same packaging or if it's different. And if it's exactly the same, that means they're doing exactly what you're doing, importing it and, you know, and selling it. So, I mean, this is also why I get my inulin from you. Um, and so some people have asked if I get paid for promoting <laughs> Ingrid's inulin. No, I do not get paid. I love it. I have had it every single day for the last two years. I had it when I was pregnant. I'm not recommending it to anyone when they're pregnant. I'm saying I had it when I was pregnant every day. It's true. Um, and, you know, it, that's the same. I, I looked at other inulins in United States and it's there's added shit and it's not the same, which is why I get it shipped from from the UK. Or Excuse me. I get it shipped from France, but you get it. from. Yeah, the UK, we manufacture in the UK. So the one in the States um, is called pure as long as 49 percent of the content is inulin and the rest could be any kind of emulsifier, thickener, gums. And they don't even have to disclose it. So that's the problem with the labeling on foodstuff in the States is that it's not really regulated by the FDA. Like inulin in the States is not regulated by the FDA. While we are USDA approved and we are GMP approved um, and we have all of these agricultural approvals and of, you know, organic and biochecked uh, labels and certifications in Europe, in the States, products that are called inulin very often say pure inulin and they can call it pure legally as long as 49% of what's in it is inulin and they don't even have to tell you what the 51% 
thickeners or whatever is added is. So what you said is very, very true. Um, yeah, I think, but here's like what, what I think. I think you have to be your own advocate with anything. You have to go out and you have to do this research and, and find out what's in your products. Because once you start to find out, you start to be a smarter consumer, in my opinion. It's true. That's true. So should I continue on what I recommended you do when you asked what to do? So you were complaining that you gained 30 pounds and you needed to lose it. I remember that. So that's when I sent you that message. 55 pounds when I got birth and then I couldn't lose 30 pounds. Right. When you messaged me and you said, like, you need to do something, um, you were already in quarantine, which I thought was already super challenging. Um, and, and you said, like, I have 30 pounds to lose still. Like, people think I'm shedding the pounds, but the truth is I don't feel myself. So I said intermittent fast three times a week. Break your fast at 1 p.m. Lunch is the protein size of your hand. And I'm not saying the size of your palm. I'm saying the size of your hand. And um, vegetables, the size of your hand. And if you want a starch, have it as an appetizer in a salad plate or salad dessert plate. plate. And then I said, um, when you have breakfast, the days that you're not intermittent fasting, have fruits that have enzyme that break down protein. So I told you to have papaya, pineapple, kiwi, all these fruits have an enzyme, papaya and pineapple have an enzyme called papain, which breaks down the protein that we ingest and digest. And so that helps so much with your digestive health and with getting things moving. And I saw that you've been doing that and you've been sprinkling inulin on it. I told you to have probiotic yogurt, um, like kefir, you could even have a plant-based one and you can have eggs within your land if you need some protein. And usually, because you're someone who is an early adopter of inulin, your body already knows when you need to eat eggs. Like you crave them, and that's because you need protein. Um, that's interesting. I remember saying to you to have sourdough bread three times a week. Do you remember that? Yep. I and I bought um just just to again get specific I bought bread seriously s r um s r s l y bread seriously and it's um raw vegan non gmo nothing added very French sourdough bread I love that um and the reason why I told you to have sourdough bread first of all sourdough is excellent for your good gut bacteria so it helps repopulate your good gut bacteria it is pretty much a probiotic. And I said, the idea, the idea is to give your body anything that it may crave or need. And carbs are often what the problem is. We cut them and the body kills you for it by building insulin resistance. So that when you eat any carbs, it's going to retain it because it's going to think that you're never going to give it carbs again. Very true. And then the workout, I broke it down differently for you. And that was very different from what we had done in the past because you are also an early adopter of the method. And we used to do an hour to an hour and a half workouts. And I said that because you just gave birth, what you should do is what we did at the retreat, which is instead of working out once a day for an hour or an hour and a half, work out 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the afternoon. And... I said 30 minutes in the afternoon, two hours after eating lunch, and in the morning, 30 minutes on an empty stomach. And so what I've been doing with that is I've been doing Pilates on an empty stomach 
or P-Volve or the method or the body guide, one of those. Mm-hmm. And then I've been walking um, later in the day. Yeah, and it's and, good. And, and I like and the fact that you do that because people... All the workouts I, I mentioned yeah. are low resistance. Exactly. And I'm going to do a post on this and you talk about this all the time. I'm not interested in raising my cortisol in a workout anymore. I'm no longer subscribed to that. I am not going to run and, ha- and for me, have my knees and tits and, and stomach sag. For me, running makes my skin sag. This is my experience. And um, I think it ups my cortisol and I just don't like it. I don't want to hear loud music when I'm working out. I want to hear calming music. So I found that's the best for my body. And I think that this is what works the best, especially for a woman who has just gone through pregnancy and childbirth. It's really important to go on to low impact, low intensity, low density. Even boxing could do that for you. A lot of people think that boxing is high impact and high intensity it is not it is low impact and it's super effective I love it I wish that I could get access to your boxing teacher but maybe we can box when I'm in France yeah uh, we'll, we'll do it we'll do a class together we'll call them to do a class together okay um, I love it and I think that's that's kind of like all I said I I didn't want I don't Those think you, I don't think you need to you know restrict yourself or go on a complete change of lifestyle and you know what you need when you just gave birth is to be able to bond with your husband to be able to bond with your baby and going on something drastic at that time alienates everyone around you so I really didn't want to have you do anything like that the one thing that I said is if you feel like it's not working fast enough for you and you're starting to really not kill yourself, you need to retake position of your body and stop breastfeeding. And that is something yep. that you have to do on your own time. And I think that, again, to each their own, everyone has to do what works for them. Um, the, for the breastfeeding for me, we did some breastfeeding and then we also did some formula from the beginning and it's so interesting to me and I want to talk about this more and I don't even know if you and I have talked about this but when I first gave birth in the hospital the nurses um in the in the baby unit were so judgy of the fact that we were also doing formula now I'm not saying every nurse in the world I'm saying the nurses that we have but I told you that it would be a problem because I had that and my obstetrician at the time um I gave birth in New York so we had the bad experience with Dylan where they were judgy. And my obstetrician for Savannah and Dakota was the same obstetrician at that point. She knew and she had picked a midwife and a nurse that were not going to be judgy. And that's something that if you're planning on doing this, you might want to ask for specifics. Like, I don't want to have to feel, you know, pressured to do a thing or you know there are women who cannot breastfeed there are women who the milk doesn't come up and they feel so pressured and judged and it's awful well it's wild to me because the last thing you want to do after you push a baby out of your vagina or have a baby c-section is be judged it's truly the last thing on earth so i i think that just like to defend the nurses that were helping us. I think that they're put, there's pressure that's put on them from the higher ups Yeah, that says, you know, veer towards, um, veer towards breastfeeding. Um, but you know, they told us they didn't even have any hot water for the formula. That's, so that's crazy. 
And my pediatrician happened to be there and he turned around and he said, yeah, you do. I just had some in my coffee and tea. Wow. So that's how crazy it got. And like, for me, I'm, I don't, I really don't give a shit what everyone else is doing. I'm going to do it my own way. I mean, you know that about me. Yeah. And so I don't really mind that it was a dredgy feeling, but I do have empathy for maybe people that, that, you know, can't stand up for themselves. Like that's bullshit. If you want to breastfeed, breastfeed. If you don't do formula and, and who cares? Like it is what it is. Um, where are you at now? I know where you're at, but I want you to say it out loud. <laughs> where, where I'm at. With, um, as far as your like, weight loss. Oh, I have to lose like probably 25 more pounds. It's, it's like, it's slowing down. And I know you shared it on your story. You said like that you went to a hormone doctor. Um, and I, I said to you, I, I am sure that it's your hormones. And you were like, well, what can I do? What can I take? And I think I said, as long as it's your hormones, there's nothing you can take. There's not, nothing that can patch up a hormonal imbalance. Yeah, I think that you've made comments in the past about my my thyroid. Like you've said certain things yeah. that maybe I should go get it checked out. And this is maybe something interesting for your audience, but when I went to the hormone doctor, so Ingrid was telling me to get my hormones checked, get them checked. Finally, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go get them checked because I'm feeling a little bit off. The hormone doctor told me that most women go to their doctor, like their general doctor and say, I, my hormones feel off. And so they give you a blood test and they test your hormones. Mm -hmm. The problem with that test from a regular doctor is that they're, they're looking at you in a, in a, um, in a, a block. They're not really looking at exactly where you're at level wise. So if you're in this certain block of numbers, um, they're not gonna, they're gonna say you're fine. Cause you're, you're in the, you're in the realm of being fine. Right. But what a hormone doctor says is, okay, you're in the realm, but you're, you're low in the realm. So we need to fix the, fix the problem. So instead a doctor is treating treating the numbers not the symptoms if that makes sense Absolutely. and I don't know if I'm explaining it right That's They're, what so I like when say. I go in and I say I'm so tired like I'm tired and like I can't lose weight easily and da -da 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 -da, whatever I said to her she's gonna go okay these are Lauren's symptoms maybe she's low in the range and so she needs to be brought up whereas a doctor would just say oh she's in the range she's fine and give you vitamins yes and like, if you have estrogen or, dominance, or, they're going to give you something to lower your estrogen or to, you know, bring your progesterone higher, which is another big mistake is like, you know, medically doctors with hormones, when they are not particularly endocrine, you know, specialists is that they always try to fix a low by causing a high. And that's a big mistake. They should always look to rebalance. Well, that's really interesting that you say that because the hormone doctor said, or instead of prescribing you vitamins, what are they going to do in America? They're going to give you a Xanax prescription yeah. or an antidepressant. Yeah. And then that comes with a whole different set of issues. So anyways, the point is, is if you're out there and you feel your hormones are off, don't get your blood tested by a doctor who's going to show you your hormones. Go to a specialist that's actually really going to look what's under the bed and not just look at the room as a whole. It's such good advice. Out of the, the simple advice I gave you, and you can't even say prescribed because I'm not a doctor, but I know you trust me. I've, you know, I've been someone you trust and I take that very seriously. 
and none of what I told you to do. I always say, like, because I'm not a doctor, I'm going to, you know, prescribe something that whether you do it or you don't, like, you can't lose. Like, you, it's not going to affect your health negatively. So either it works and that's great or it doesn't work and nothing bad happens. But out of all the advice I gave you, what would you think would worked the best? Okay, so I'm gonna tell I'm gonna just shout you out on some things that you've taught me over time. And this is over conversations and wine and lunches and and text and DMs. It's over all the, the, the whole thing. I used to eat standing up. Yes. I yes. used to eat in the car. I used to fucking eat eggs on the goddamn elevator. I would be going down to my car eating eggs in a bowl. And I just thought I'm being efficient. I mean, you know how I am. Yeah. Efficiency. And then I realized that it actually wasn't efficient because it was working against me. So now when I eat, I have a thing I like to read on my phone that's calming. I put calming music on. I sit down. I have a napkin. I have a cute plate. I make it a presentation. And that's a completely attributed to you. And with a little bit of touch of the champagne diet, who is always um, I love putting her. like... Yeah, her sparkling water and like a beautiful pink wine glass. Like she's very like she's loves to add a little flair. And I appreciate that. So that's definitely one thing. If you're eating standing up and you're not taking time to lower your cortisol when you're eating, I would definitely change that. And for people that say they don't have time, you have you have 10 to 20 minutes a day for yourself. Yes, and you if can. you don't have that, Tony Robbins says you don't have a life. You can sit down and eat. Exactly. Um, another thing that you've taught me about eating is it, there doesn't have to be a no food in America. We're told, you know, you can't eat this. You can't do this. These are yeses. These are no's. Like you've taught me that there's totally ways to eat whatever you want. You just have to do portion control. Um, and th that's something you've taught me. You've also, this is just a funny one. Cause I, I just love this one. If the bread's not worth it, don't eat it. Yes. And Savannah told me that. Yes. So like when we go to a restaurant and there's bread on the table, I'll have a bite. And if it's not worth it, and you know what I mean. Like I want a fucking sourdough, crunchy, but soft, beautiful piece of bread with a huge, nice slab of butter and salt. If it's That's not true. that like beautiful baguette experience and it's some shitty bread that tastes like butthole why like why am I eating it there's no reason I that. love that you remember that because I didn't even teach it to you we were remember when we did this lunch where Michael ordered everything on the menu at we went back to um Eden Rock we you were staying there and we came to see you with Savannah that day and Michael ordered like everything on the menu and you saw me having a conversation with Savannah like should I have it or it's not worth it and you're like you're like what are you guys talking about and I was like, oh, I have Savannah taste the bread. And she tells me if it's worth it or not. And do you remember that? Of course. I, I of love course. that you picked up on that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very French. I've, I, for a living, what I do is observe people, right? And, and not in a creepy way. I just I observe things for a living. It's what I see little things that people don't notice so I can bring them to light of why high performers are the way they are. And I spend, I've, sp I've spent probably 80% of my life observing high performers. So 
you know, I, I watch little things that you do that like are so little, but this is another one that you're going to be like, how do you even remember this? <laughs> you taught me to hold a knife and a fork in each hand um, oh. and, and eat smaller bites. I, as an American, it's like, how quickly can I get all the food in my mouth? It, with the one fork and like how can I take this smoothie and just get it it's Suck it's it just down. a different mentality it's true it's so true I can't believe you remember all these things yeah I mean you know I, I definitely I, I think that you have it down to a science on how to nourish your body and I'll explain what I mean so a lot of really thin people I've noticed have brittle hair or brittle nails or they don't look like healthy in the face they look um, skeletal sometimes mm-hmm. for when you get really, really, really thin and you're depriving yourself of nutrients that happens. And with you and with a lot of other health people I follow, Melissa Wood Health is a good, a good example. She's there's some, there's a vibrancy behind the eyes. Um, and there's also a vibrancy and um, uh, I, I want to say a plumpness to the skin. Yeah, it's, it's like you can tell that you eat healthy fat. It's true. That's exactly it. I think, when did you send me this? Like, you always send me these questionnaires and I never know if it's like to be a guest on your blog or whatever, but I'm like, whenever your assistant sends me something, I'm like, you know, whatever Lauren wants, I'll do. So I'll just answer. And it was like, what's your your skin secret? Like, what's something that is non-negotiable when it comes to your skin? And I, I think I answered fatty acids, eating fatty acids. Like for me, that's a non-negotiable. And I know that my cheeks and my lips and, you know, my eyelids will stay plump as long as I eat fatty acids. And I find that each time people go on these low carbs, low fat diets that cut out fats completely, their skin's like their face starts to fall off. off. Yes. And you can see it. And you know what? It's so interesting because as you age and, and you're trying to lose weight and you go on those low carb diets, like it can, it can, um, suck the vibrancy out of your skin mm-hmm. if you're not implementing the healthy fat. So, um, that's definitely something that you've taught me. Um, and just on a level of nothing to do with weight loss, I think that you're, you know, why I'm attracted to you as a friend and why I'm so comfortable recommending you to my audience is because you are who you are and you're not apologizing for it and uh you're gonna fuck up and you're gonna say things you shouldn't have said but at the end of the day your intention's in the right place and you you own it and I like people that own it because you do you own it too I think that you know your vibe attracts your tribe and it's even more true with your friends a hundred percent a hundred percent. Is the baby about to wake up? The baby is sleeping a little over. I'm just text Michael to go get her. So she's fine. We have, we, we can talk for about 10 more minutes and then I have to go give her a bottle. Oh my gosh. What oh a gosh. treat. I cannot wait to hold her. I she can't wait to meet her in love yet. with her. And I mean, I had kids and I'm very much a mom. You know that about me, but I'm not a gaga goo goo type of person, but Zaza has captured my heart since the day she was born well you were along every step of the way with that and she cannot wait to meet her french auntie and i want her to be totally fluent in french yes i will (laughs) we already agreed we already set that up before she was even born that i would only speak to her in french and i will 
Um, because I made that mistake with my kids. It wasn't so much a mistake, but as you know, Dylan, you know, was challenged when he was a baby. We, we, he was diagnosed with being on the spectrum. Anybody that's in my audience knows that about him on the spectrum of autism when he was three years old. And the first thing that the doctor said to me and the professors was, you have to pick one language. You cannot speak several languages to him. And that was just torture because my home is actually trilingual. We speak Spanish, we speak English, and we speak French. And so at the age of two and a half, I stopped speaking French to Dylan. And I had to speak English because his biological father spoke English and we lived in the United States. And it's also, it's my first language. So I was devastated when we arrived in France nine years ago in Monaco because my kids at that point had to struggle to learn French. And they also had told me that Dylan, no matter how, you know, amazing is, um, I want to say recovery was going to be because he's completely recovered. He's not on the spectrum anymore. They told me he would never speak another language. And now he speaks three languages and he speaks French fluently. So with Zaza, uh, my heart is set on only speaking French to her. Savannah could speak in English with her. The kids can speak in English with her, but I, my heart's set on only speaking French to her. I can't wait. And, and I think that that's so, so, so smart. And, um, and again, I think that just like rounds out what we were saying in the beginning with what you said with Dylan. It's like, you have to be your own advocate. Yeah. If you had just listened to that doctor and been like, okay, well, this is what he said. So I'm going to do what he said. Like, your son would not be as well-rounded as he is now. So with anything you do in life, and if you're like me and you're laying in a hospital bed after you gave birth and there's 10 people judging you because you're not doing it the way that you're supposed to in quotes, or if you're like Ingrid and there's a doctor telling you you can only speak to your son in one language, you have to go against the grain and form your own opinion of what works for you. Bottom line. See, this is why I love listening to you because you're so good at wording how you can make things work for you and like you have this way of learning so fast I love that about you you're so thirsty to learn and you learn so fast and then once you learn something you make it very much your own and you have this way I see it through your your solo podcast like the way that you can transmit to your audience how you organize yourself and how you micromanage and how you you know like this whole thing it's incredible how you take little knowledge that I can share with you you make it your own and then you have this way of transmitting it to others well I think that you're pretty damn good at communicating too so thank you one last thing before I let you go we've never spoken about it but I have to say I was with you every fucking step of the way while you were in labor. And I, even before, when we thought your water broke, and I have to tell you that that is, I think this is what makes me feel so close to Zaza. I was, I was watching Twilight the other day, and you know how Jacob imprinted on Bella's daughter? 
You know what's crazy? I've never seen Twilight. Okay, so you need to see Twilight, but at this point, I'm okay. talking to you about the fifth one or the fourth one. And there's this okay. thing with wolves where they imprint on someone and it has nothing to do with falling in love or whatever. It's like feeling like a protector, feeling so connected. And with Zaza, I feel so freaking connected. I think because I've been with you since the day we kind of thought you were pregnant. And you called me. You're you're the first person I called. I know. Because I was like, holy fucking shit. I've been drinking alcohol and didn't know I was pregnant. And you were like, it's fine. It's fine. Yes, it's I was fine. like, it's fine. And you're like, I'm going to be a terrible mother. And I was like, no, you're going to be a wonderful mother. And this whole conversation. But then the whole way to the, to the hospital, my whole anguish, because I'm so protective of you, like a big sister. I was that you would not answer your phone and Michael would not answer his phone and I wouldn't know what's happening for like three to four days. And that's not what happened at all. I, you know, freaked out for no reason because you sent me messages literally every half hour as you were you know, going through this whole thing. And I can't tell you how that made me feel so close, but made me feel so like love so much, love this baby so much. It's crazy. Well, you would have been there if you were you, if you were in the United States. I would have made you come. Oh, and you, you gave me advice, which I think everyone needs to hear, which is um, you said, before you're in pain, get the fucking epidural. Yeah. <laughs> and so before I got into pain, I got the epidural and I truly had a painless birth. And I had the most beautiful experience and I cannot wait to do it again. I thought it was fun. I told you, you couldn't wait. You will not be able to wait to do it again. You're like, how do you do this shit again and again? And I'm like, yeah, you forget, you forget it all and you want to do it again. And I'm happy. This is the first time I hear you saying that now. Yeah. I had a painless birth and I, and I honestly think it was because um, I got the epidural soon. And again, to each their own, everyone's different. For me, I, I, the reason that I wanted to have the epidural is because I wanted the baby to pick up on the energy mm-hmm. that I was having when I was birthing her. And the energy from me having the epidural and not being in pain was very calm. Yeah. I, I, I remember saying to you, you're going to hear women screaming. Like, that's one thing that I remember. Like, I had very calm labors mostly because I tricked my anesthesiologist into saying, ah, oh, I feel pain and I really didn't feel pain. So I would get the epidural before the pain came and I would hear this mother screaming and you know me with cortisol, it's something that's followed me my whole life. I was like, I'm gonna mortify this baby from birth. This baby's gonna hear me scream to death out of pain. And I don't think that's good for my baby. And that's kind of, the, that, that's, you know, like you said, to each his own. But to me, that was my way of looking at it. And that's why I wanted the epidural and I wanted it fast so that I could be really calm and enjoy the birth of my baby and my baby could pick up on, you know, soft energy. And I'm so happy that you see it that way. Well, your babies did pick up on soft energy. Um, they're very special. They love you. I love you. And uh, this was fun. It was this fun. Was, this was a good time. It, this is a different kind of interview, you know. It's I not an interview. I don't even business. see it as an interview. Yeah. I didn't prepare any it's questions. Fun. I didn't know what we were going to talk about because with you, it just flows. And last time we did a podcast on, pardon my French, and I, it was just us sitting and having our annual coffees and just chatting. And 
everyone loved it. I think that friendships like these are like ours is so precious. And I know that my tribe and your beautiful tribe, who I benefited from, because now a lot of them follow me, thanks to you. Um, they are so intrigued by, you know, the beauty of this friendship. So kind of opening, you know, the doors a little bit and giving a glimpse into what our conversations are, I think is the best way to show that, you know, this type of friendships have to be worshipped and they have to be entertained and cultivated with everything we've we've shared. A hundred percent. And it's fun to give everyone a peek behind the scenes and um, you know, I, I, I'm very, like I said about the content I consume, I'm very careful with what content I let come into my ether. And the same goes for friendships. I think that, you know, you, for me, I'd rather have really, really quality friends, um, you know, that I can be really open and honest with and, and have really interesting in-depth conversations that are stimulating, um, than have a ton of friends. So, um, you know, that's one of the things I think about our friendship that's so cool is that it is so multifaceted. It is. And with business, you've been my muse. You're the one who really inspired me to put in your land on the market. I remember the conversation. I can never end the conversation about you without saying Lauren is my muse. She inspired me. She's the one who pushed me and I did it really quick. So you inspire me. You're my muse. And then I act on it like in seconds because everything, everything you've ever told me to do has turned into gold, literally. Well, you did that yourself. You're the executor. I'm going to let you go to the baby. You're going to give her a big, big, big French, French, not French kiss, but like a French bisou. And um, I'll give her, what is it called when you kiss on each cheek? Is that a bisou? It's a bisou. Actually, when you kiss on each cheek, it's la bise. Okay. Here's a new word you for you. You need to talk about this. La bise. You need to talk about this. You know bise. how French okay. people, when you meet them, they give two kisses, like one on each cheek. And Michael does it when he's here, which is really funny. When you guys came to the house for the barbecue, he gave me, he gave me two kisses. I was like, ooh, we're becoming French now. <laughs> <laughs> That's la bise. Okay. You need to do a product called that. I like that. Um, yeah, it's cute. I need you to send me for the show notes the bread, the sour bread that you bought. And I will okay. put, you need to send me like a bunch of links of stuff that you spoke about because I know everyone's going to want them. Okay, I definitely will. I'll send you the sourdough bread and um, the fiber pasta you know. And then I'll send you um, my, I'll try to look for my podcast episode. I'm going to find it. I, I, I will post all of that mine on the skinny confidential was episode 139 yes and and leave any questions that you guys have on uh for ingrid for my podcast because we're gonna have her on again you can leave them on uh, my instagram or ingrid's instagram and we'll collect them i'm so excited for that i love you tons i love you and I could talk to Lauren for hours. I hope you enjoyed this little glimpse into our friendship and our real talks. This is really how it is when we schedule our FaceTime um, and phone talks. Um, Before you go, Lauren and I have decided to do this cute contest and it has nothing with earning a cash prize or a product. It actually has two and that was her idea and I thought that was great. She said, you know, Ingrid, each time I get with you on FaceTime, you help me so much. Why don't we offer our audience to comment 
on our latest picture and follow us both. And if they do, when they comment on our latest picture and say something about this episode, such as what was your favorite part in this episode, then we would do a contest um, and pick a winner who would earn a 15-minute mentor FaceTime session with me. So I'm taking Lauren up on that idea because I think it's brilliant and it's a perfect way to engage with my audience and hers and getting to know one of you. And we will do it again. So even if you don't win this time, there will be other opportunities. I've done this before last year with, I know she's listening, Skylar. And um, her mentor session was she wanted to focus on a career change and move. And I remember saying to her that what I did was build a website at night when I would come from my actual job that paid my bills. And because I don't like to take risks with not being able to take up to pay my bills, um, I would have like my vision board on a website builder. So I used register.com as my website builder. And I've spoken about this on... Um, a few episodes and coping mechanism episode, I think two episodes back. Um, and so I told Skylar about that trick. And ultimately what she wanted to do was to be able to make a living out of her passion, which was in graphic design. And recently Skylar, who was, you know, a mentee, she actually won a session with one of these contests from the podcast. She sent me a message recently and told me that after our session, she totally geared up and followed some of my tips and with her brilliance and skills and uh, ambition, she actually managed to get to a point in her career where she is getting paid now to do what she loves to do. So I really hope by making a mentor session available um, in this contest to one of you, the outcome will be the same, whether it's about health, you know, um, life in general, your ambitions, your dreams, or, you know, weight loss, anything uh, that I can help with. Obviously, I will only do it if I am skilled and if I have the resources and the knowledge to do so. Um, but one of you can win one of this 15 to 20 minute session uh, simply by leaving a comment on Lauren and mine latest picture and making sure that you follow the both of us and we will pick a winner by next week we will announce it on instagram so make sure you do so um just a little bit of news about uh the method don't forget you could still be an eip i get questions all the time where people don't know what an eip membership is the eip is the extremely important person uh, membership and what it is is an auto ship for our simply inulin original jar monthly for three months and in this box the eip lux box comes your refill and two full-size gifts from the product line so this month for example some of you got our beautiful immunity boost simply inulin in our brand new giant vials and they also received the refill size of fucking beautiful rose oil. Um, and the feedback on these Lux boxes is always amazing. Like everyone's writing that it's like Christmas and they love it because they get to sample products that they haven't bought yet. 
or didn't think they would love and end up loving. So remember, you can get the EIP membership and you get the membership for three months. And then it's not an auto renew after three months. You have to go and purchase the three months again. And the reason why I do that is because I feel like you should love my product so much to renew after three months. I don't want people to fall into a trap of an auto debit on your card and kind of like feel trapped into a membership you didn't like. And this is actually so motivating for me to keep on doing better for all of you. So I hope that if you are an adept of Simply Inulin and you need your refill monthly, um, that DEIP will work for you since I get so many questions on auto ship. That's just our luxury auto ship. More uh, information, the virtual platform has a brand new session. If you have not been on the virtual platform before and you're not a member yet, know that you can work out with me anywhere, anytime. I am on the videos live from beautiful Monaco. We have now a very nice library of master sessions. Remember with the method, there are no levels. And there are no egos, so you don't have to worry about the movements you see me, you know, doing on um, on Instagram, like it looks so hard. You would be able to do, to do the same thing within just a few sessions. If you are not sure you want to take the leap, um, you can just go on my IGTV on Instagram and we are going to put that on the highlights here on the show notes. Um, you can go on IGTV and there are a bunch of free quarantine workouts where you don't need any equipment. All you need is a stick, even a broomstick or a towel. And this will give you a good idea of how amazing and effective the method workout is before you take the leap of faith and buy the equipment and get onto the, the platform as a member. Um, and that's it. I am going to put on the show notes a few things that we've spoken about. If you've been watching Lauren's stories lately and you saw her traveling to, I, I don't remember where she traveled, but she traveled, she, she traveled somewhere in California and th in that gorgeous hotel. I don't know if it was Palm Springs or somewhere else. Um, but she was using our backup size Simply Inulin, which are 300 grams each. And they're sold by two and they're so cute. They're like the size of your hand. They're slightly smaller than an original Simply Inulin. So they're perfect to, to, to stick into your weekend bag. And so chic to pull out at the hotel. So this is what she is using right now. She's using our backup Simply Inulin jars. If you've been watching her story and wondering what is this different um, format. On this note... I wish you a beautiful day. Bisou bisou from Monaco.